Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners. My mission is for this podcast to become the place for recruiters to learn from others and to give a real insight into what it's like to work in the industry so those considering a career in recruitment know exactly what they're getting into. Hello ladies and gents, I'm very excited to share this episode as I'm joined by a real passionate um, recruiter um, who has got so much to share, so much insight uh, that he wants to to pass on to people. Uh, so it was really great having David Fleming um, in the studio. And David has had a real successful career uh, within recruitment. He's built multi-million um, pound teams, uh, started his career within the, the Hydrogen Group um, back in London, um, and since then has become a, a real uh, successful international uh, recruiter. Recently, he's started his very own um, recruitment business called DCF Digital, um, and we dive into a lot of things in this episode, but I really think what's clear is that David um, is really open to building um, or approaching building his recruitment business in a different way compared to what he has um, in the past, um, and he just has so much knowledge uh, to share. So uh, please do check David out. He's started his very own podcast. Um, He's consistently sharing content and I know that he would love uh, for people to reach out uh, to him. Uh, Best place will be LinkedIn if you wanted to ask and get any advice from David, um, etc. Like always, um, if you are enjoying this podcast, Um, It would mean the world to me if uh, you made some time to leave a review and let me know your thoughts. Um, And lastly, I'm going to always say this now because I think it's a great way to encourage all of you to start sharing uh, your opinion online, which is a a big goal of mine. Um, And that is if you get any key takeaways from this episode, then please do uh, post it on LinkedIn, tag me, tag David. We would love to hear what you think. And look, really excited to share this episode. I hope you enjoy it. The Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm uh, joined by David Fleming. Um, I'm excited for this one. And um, David is the, f- what do you call yourself? Oh, founder, founder, ma- owner, director, director yeah. Yeah. CEO. Owner, <laughs> we'll stick with managing director. Yeah, here. cool. Uh, managing director of DCF Digital, um, and uh, we're gonna have a good old chat, aren't we, David? Thank you so much for coming to the studio from Canterbury. That was actually my old uh, patch, which I used to recruit in Kent. So oh, really? I had quite a few meetings in Maidstone and Small Canterbury. World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Uh, as as you'll know, where I always always like to start is uh, I love uncovering that story as to how you uh, entered the the lovely world of recruitment. So, so let's start there, David. How uh, how did you get into recruitment? Okay, so it's quite a funny story. So cool. I was living in London around 2004. Yeah. 
And obviously, it was a great time to be in the city. Yeah. I was doing a lot of event management, promotions, and DJing at the time, yeah. which was all very exciting. Yeah. And I was dating this really, really pretty Australian girl nice. uh, called Sarah. And I could never work out until I really spent a lot of time asking her questions as to how she made so much money. <laughs> so as it turns out, she worked in recruitment. She worked nice. for Deco uh, in London Bridge. Yeah, cool. Uh, so she used to recruit temps. Nice. So obviously I knew nothing about what yeah, that yeah, meant, yeah. but as it turned out now, she effectively had a contract book that, yeah. you know, she had 50 to 60 people working for her every week nice. and was doing about 20 or 30 grand GP every week. Cheers. So and earning 80 or 90 or 100 grand a year for the privilege. Yeah. So I thought, well, that, that, looks, like a, that looks like a good idea and <laughs> I think I could probably do that because yeah. it really just involves speaking to people, which I love, yeah. meeting people, which I also love, yeah. and then convincing people to do what you want them to do yeah. or I shouldn't know. Convincing is the wrong word. Influencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Which I've always been quite good at. Yeah. So I interviewed with a number of places back in 2005 and ended up joining the Hydrogen Group. Oh, nice. You know them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heard them. That, that's what I mean. I've heard of big players like that, S3, etc. only since moving up to London because I, I was in my own little recruitment bubble <laughs> down in Hayes Heath. But obviously, yeah, London, the, the, the complete sort of heart of uh, recruitment in the UK. Obviously, I've now been exposed and have more of an understanding of uh, these big entities. Yeah, and, and S, S3 is, is a very pertinent point because the Hydrogen Group was formed on that model. Yeah. So the business that I worked for, Target Partners, which worked with another business called Project Partners, was effectively run by Tim Smeaton, Simon Walker, Jamie, okay. Jamie Cole, Dan Fox, Jamie Bernstein, a few others. Yeah. And all of them have gone now on to set up other businesses. Other businesses so Tim yeah. and Simon run the Kubrick Group. Okay. And Dan and Jamie run Trilogy and Jamie and Simon run uh, EC1 Partners, right? Oh, wow. Okay. So they merged with another business called Pro, which was run by Ian Temple and Chris Cole and those guys. Yeah. And that formed the Hydrogen Group oh. around sort of 2007, 2008. And actually, they're the fastest recruitment company in the world to float on the AIM. Really? Yeah, within seven years, they did it. Wow. So so the businesses, when the businesses came together, they they brought sort of five or six different business lines from, you know, technical finance, IT, project managers, yeah. sales and marketing, which is yeah. what I did, law, um, RPO business, accounting, legal, wow. all into one entity and then called it the Hydrogen Group. That must be really, like... To be part of that journey, that must have been... Yeah, big. I mean, when I joined, I was employee sort of 25. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, and then when they when I left, they... Well, if it wasn't for the 2008-9 crash, they grew to nearly 450 when I was with them. Really? With international offices in Australia and Singapore. They went down a little bit after I left and then grown, but they're about seven or 800 people now. Yeah, yeah. But the leadership team that, that I was working with and for at the time in, in those sort of what you could call glory days, yeah, yeah. none of them are there now. They've yeah, all yeah, gone yeah. on, but, but ironically, they've all gone on to set up successful, successful yeah. future businesses, nice. either in recruitment or businesses that support the, recru sure, sure, the recruitment sure. industry. So how long was you there for? Uh, five and a half years. Nice, so like a real solid base of learning the yeah. recruitment, right? And I think that... When I look back now, there's almost, I wouldn't say there's not a lot I haven't learned since, but what I didn't learn there from going, when I left there after sort of five and a half years, was all of the leadership part. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. the basis for recruitment from being a resourcer to through being to being a, a top performing billing manager yeah. and a top consultant during that time, all of those habits, the daily habits and the daily routine stayed with me because, yeah. in fact, most of them were brought in in the first nine months. Yeah, I love that. Because... 
you know, back then, you know, you got to work at, you know, seven because everyone else got to work at seven. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you left when everybody else left, which was past seven. Yeah. And then you're in London, right? And yeah. I was, what, 28 living in London. Yeah, so, yeah. It, you know, you didn't go home and go to sleep. Yeah. You went where your market was. And I was in financial services, specifically investment bank. So we just, life was work and play. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think recruitment is one of those industries where if you find a market you really like, you it there isn't it's not really work it's not work yeah I i've agree. never really felt like i go to work every day because I, I really like the people that i talk yeah, to so yeah. it's like hanging out with people you know yeah and actually after 14 years i've got a lot of very good friends that i'm, that I'm i leaving. think that's a really cool that's a, an amazing part of recruitment isn't it when you, you generally do build real relationships with yeah. people um it's not as just um oh hi david yeah you've helped me get a job great and then let's move on like with some people you, you generally do have a really good connection um let's break that down a bit then there's a lot there so um firstly besides um this uh pretty oz chick what was the perception of recruitment then but before you started interviewing was there was it way far from what you actually experienced um like what did you just hear about the good like obviously the earning big cash right well i'll be honest other than what i knew from this young lady I didn't know anything about it. So cool. I went through a rectorec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I interviewed with a few places. So I was, you didn't think you was interviewing at the rec for the rectorec? A lot of people think that. No, I no, didn't no. realise that. And, and luckily <laughs> enough, they, they had a few good connections. And nice. when I met with Jamie Cole, you know, after meeting several others, yeah, yeah. It, it ended up being just a really good match. And yeah, that yeah, make yeah. you laugh. I mean, I was in 2005, I started on like 15K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and this is a full-time job. You know, yeah. and if so if I wasn't DJing and having a supporting income, as you would call a side hustle now, yeah, yeah. as everybody does, then you, I just wouldn't have been able to survive. Really? Um, but, you know, luckily he was a top biller, you know, billing sort of 500K or more each year. Mm. So as a resource for him, it, it made my life easy because yeah, it was like, imagine. find candidates, give them to him and he'd make placements. Yeah, so yeah. it was... Is that how you started then, just doing the sourcing part? Yeah, but, but in answer to your question, I didn't really have a perception of recruitment because if you look at the sort of 50s and 60s when the big players were set up like Page and Adeco and yeah. Randstad, the major companies of today, the billion dollar companies of today, no one really came out through the 80s, 90s and 2000s to, to compete with them because what happens is a lot of people get to a certain size and then they either stay that size or people leave and go and set up their own smaller yeah. businesses. Yeah. So you find you've got a lot of smaller owner operators around the UK which are made up of lots of really good successful managers who yeah, used to yeah, work yeah, in yeah, recruitment. Yeah. So. Well, like 80%, 80% of the recruitment agency landscape in the UK is made up of people that only employ up to nine people. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, so it's 27,000 recruiters in London. Yeah. There was 9,000 recruitment businesses set up in 2017. Yeah. There's 40,000 recruitment companies in the UK, right? Yeah. So it's very hard for any one of them to become the size That's of a page. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and actually, to be fair, it's, it's you know, I've said, I say this to a lot of people, if you're first... You, you usually have the ability to be the biggest if you get it right. Yeah. To come and compete at a later date is much harder. That's more difficult. Um, yeah. But no one really said to me, you know, are oh, you going to recruitment, you make a lot of money because, you know, there's a lot of bravado. And yeah. the industry generally has quite a lot of bravado because yeah. it's full of salespeople. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And unfortunately, I find that the industry is not really... I don't think sold is the right word, but it's never it's not really promoted in the right way the right when way, you're yeah. at school or college or university, where actually if you tell an 18-year-old kid that doesn't know what he wants to do but has got a great personality and loves to talk to people about recruitment, he could be earning, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 pounds by the yeah. time he's 21, yeah, yeah, provided yeah. he's able to wants to come and work hard. Yeah, people I think yeah, people people gravitate towards like the the outcome of the hard work as opposed to actually the work if you get what I mean. So people dr- gravitate towards promoting recruitment as 
the the money obviously that's a factor but and then the ib for holidays the trips to mexico the yeah, big yeah. billers lunch whereas for me personally um as i'm sure it was when you when you met that guy and you're like right okay this is a great match it's it's actually that that genuine feeling of helping others um that j- just generally you will learn so many skills in recruitment besides yes. Um, just obviously earning the cash that comes with it. But yeah, if you were to, to sell it that way and more focused on what that person will get in terms of soft skills, the relationships they'll be able to make, yeah. um, I think a lot more lot more people um, would be up for it. Yeah, and, and I, I think in today's modern world, again, modern, more modern world yeah. where the availability of information is so much faster than it used to be, yeah. you, you can't afford to, to not, put your best foot forward in terms of yeah. diversity uh, cultural fits um promoting both men and women in the workplace sure. having the right balance of working hours versus stress versus lifestyle yeah. because everyone can just google you and find out what you're doing yeah, so, yeah. and you can't really hide you know because mm. google reviews you can't change and when people say something it's on the internet forever yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. so and before then it wasn't around so yeah, yeah. you either went on word of mouth or you went on what someone told you yeah. or you went on the fact that you knew someone that worked for a good company like everybody knew the hydrogen group they knew that everyone knew they were a brilliant company yeah. so you didn't really need to promote it mm. they'd already done a lot of the hard work through you know what i like to call old fashioned graft yeah. you know now you you can still have that but you you need to match that with, well, what does my online persona say? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. for every business that's around today, there's something about them online that says something about them online. So yeah, you need yeah. to make sure that whatever's online is saying you has the right message. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the industry generally has become a lot better in terms of providing the resources or the framework that people need in order to go to work and enjoy themselves. Because yeah, yeah, if you have a happy employee they won't leave. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, they will. They'll yeah, go somewhere yeah. where they can just be happy mm. because they know they're going to work for most of their life. So <laughs> yeah. they just want to be happy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Okay, you work in sales, you have to deliver and that's fine. But you still like, most people will deliver more if they're happy. 100%. Always. Without a doubt. So yeah. I guess let, let's, um, let's unpack a bit that sort of part of your career uh, early on and then we'll we'll move forward but I think it's always interesting so you worked on the really successful recruiter which I'm sure you learned a lot from yeah uh, which will unpack so so you focused on so those first 12 months then was it predominantly spent on sourcing for for this guy and, and was yeah. he a bit of a mentor to you then <laughs> so yeah nine months so between Feb- okay. February 2005 and then December so that's how my old director structured it as well just focus on I did have some clients and gained a bit of confidence by just dealing with existing clients and yeah all that but it was predominantly sourced um focused on getting the candidate piece right yeah i mean we had a crm they said you know there's some mobile numbers yeah you know you're old and ugly enough to get on with it yeah there's a desk and a phone Mm. we'll pay for everything just phone people yeah yeah. follow this kind of script and say hi you're calling from and Mm. i want to have a chat with you and and back then it was great because that was all you could do yeah there was no other way of there was no other way of reaching anybody yeah you literally just had to do that so did you used to no i was gonna say you didn't use the fax cvs did you the what fact CV? Fact CVs. Well, oh, and then and that literally just a few years before me. But you know, we, we, we would still do the, you know, to get information, you'd still call up a bank and pretend you're calling from yeah, a different yeah, department, yeah. and My you go through, that. you know, post room HR. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, name gathering was a great tool, and yeah. you're lucky today you don't need to name gather because yeah, yeah, yeah. if you can type in a company name, you can find the people on the internet, right? Yeah. But for me, it was just, you know, the one thing Jamie said to me was, you find the person that bills the most. And then copy them. Nice. Anything you don't like, don't keep. Wow, Simple okay. as that, right? So if you like everything I do, copy me. 
if you don't like the don't don't copy the bits you don't like and then expect me to not have a go at you if wow. you're if you're copying the bits yeah, I don't yeah, like and no, then you good advice. Yeah, so what did you copy then? Let's uncover that. That's interesting. So, you know, he came to work at 7, so I got him before him. So within my first <laughs> week I had a key. <laughs> yeah, and then he yeah. then whatever time he left, I left after him. Okay, so work effort. Yeah, that's that's the first thing. And then, you know, uh, 4 hours on the phone a day were our, was our KPI. That really? was it. Four hours of on the phone a day. So, yeah. okay. like, did you block out a time to achieve that, or was it just you knew that you had to hit four hours? Yeah, no, you didn't really need to block anything because that's actually really yeah. tough. Yeah, four enough. hours is a long time yeah, in, a, in an eight, a nine hour day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, like, when you say on the phone, you mean like calling people, or do you mean like actually on the phone with people? Uh, actually on the phone, people. Yeah, not dialing, just actual minutes. Voicemails count. No, they don't. Anything, <laughs> anything less than three, two or three minutes is not a phone call, right? Uh, so yeah, so, and, and but the great thing about it was, and if I looked at my, if you look at my LinkedIn profile now, you see a lot of references from guys that I know from back then that are now CEOs of investment banks or financial yeah. institutions that that I only that would only know me now if I called them. They'd be like, "Hi, David," because of that half an hour phone call at the beginning. Yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. taught that you never get a second chance to make a first great impression. Right, which means that the first call you make for however long it is is the first thing is the only thing they'll remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything after that is about them. Okay, I need to arrange an interview. Give me a CV. Yeah. Send up, follow up, interview debrief. And they're not half an hour calls. Yeah, sure. But sure. the first bit is, can you really be bothered to get to know me? And if you can, you need to be genuine with that. What did you do to ensure you delivered that then? What? Um, well, for me, I mean, I probably still use the same screening form now as I did. 10 years ago because the basics of qualifying a candidate both to see whether you like them as a candidate because most companies will interview on you know reliability cultural fit and communication and you cannot get that from a person in 10 minutes it's not possible it's a bit like dating you know you don't get married after meeting somebody from a first date right? so you have to get to know people so then the second half is you need to then qualify them that they can actually do the things that they say they do so in sales it was well do you write for the work for the right company and Mm. if you do what are you doing and then if you're doing those things can you evidence it both in performance and review and bonus Mm. and everything else Um, and i was lucky we were doing salespeople into the financial markets nice originally within electronic trading platforms. Okay. And then eventually, after nine months, I said to him, Jamie, I said, I want to run my own desk. So on the 1st of January, I went off on my own as a 360. And I was able to find a niche by selling the same candidates that we found for financial services technology companies into banks. Nice. And this was, this will make you laugh, but this was before e-commerce. Yeah, wow. Right? So banks didn't trade electronically in 2005. They traded through old-fashioned traders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without glorifying the film, but if you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. you know, a broker sits at a desk, yeah, he yeah, calls yeah. 500 people, and then that's how you did deals, Mental, right? Yeah. Um, when e-trading came along, you know, you, you ended up doing things online, much like you buy on Amazon yeah, sure, or everything sure. else, but just within a bank. Yeah. So you can buy financial instrument products through a platform like foreign exchange or yeah, yeah, yeah. fixed income or whatever. So I just was really lucky. And this is still how I work now. You, you, know, you get one candidate yeah. and you have five clients that you already know. And then you get it. You get five or ten clients you don't know, and then you Speck market that. Cu- yeah, and then you know, and you know that they need them because the market's moved in that direction. Yeah, yeah, you know. And as long as you know you're providing the right candidate to the right hiring manager, even if you don't know him, nine times out of ten they'll be okay with that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it because it's not quite spam. Yeah, you know, spam is you send no. me something that's irrelevant and I'm not interested. That's what I mean. I think yeah, no that that helped me a lot in BD. Like when if I think back to the the BD sessions now, 
It's, yeah, like, I preferred it so much more when I had someone to talk about. Yes. And when that's when that someone is, a, a, we'll just call it a skill set that I know is sought after in that particular niche and industry, yep. then it's like, even, even if nothing happens, the perception of that hiring manager should be, okay, right, he knows what he's doing, he understands what hopefully this market needs or what my team needs, then that is a good impression, doesn't it? So, yeah, of course. What, okay, advi- advice for people in their first 12 months then, what, what, should, they, what should they do more of and less of? Hmm. I think it depends on who you work for. Cool. So if you can if you end up working for a niche player, yeah. then it makes it easier for you to stick to a function or a market. Yeah. And by that by that I mean it could be finance or sales or marketing or legal or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, you just need to know that you've got a hundred of something. Yeah. Because when you've got 100 candidates who do the same thing, it makes it very easy to take those candidates and talk to other people about them. Yeah, client. Yeah, yeah. You'll find that along the way that they both become – candidate becomes a client yeah, and sure, client sure, becomes sure. a candidate. So the most important – for me, I've always worked in proactive, candidate-driven ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changed as I became a leader and I was running businesses because we had to evolve based on the market. And some industries require you to do multiple job titles within one industry Mm. and we can talk about that later but oil and gas is an example but if i was starting now then the for me like anything in today's world i think the niche you are the better yeah for sure and actually in answer to the the question the point you made earlier i don't think it matters how many competitors you have or how many people are in your market or how many people do it the most important thing is that you just repeat and do what you say you're going to do yeah 100 so if you call one manager and expect him to buy from you on the first day then that would be like going on a date and expecting to get married as soon as you meet someone it doesn't happen that way often it's the eighth ninth and tenth time you talk to somebody about the same thing that they believe that you are credible yes in today's world you would combine it with a cv or your content or your podcast or your video or or some other marketing tool that that gave the client value sure so for, for me i think if you're niche, then you have a better chance of getting success quicker because you can get deep into your market. Yeah, 100%. And you can get deep market knowledge quicker because you're doing the same thing every doing day. the same thing, yeah. Right? But the flip side of that is true where if you go to a big agency like we mentioned earlier, like yeah. Deco or Randstad or Page, and you go into a market, you go into mm. an industry like construction or... I don't know, financial services yeah. or medical, yeah. then, you know, you might, in construction, you might place project managers, program managers, yeah. construction managers, yeah, engineering yeah, yeah, managers. Yeah. So you might place five or six different people easily because they're all really unique to that market. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, whereas you wouldn't just do construction managers in the construction industry because that would be a bit narrow. Yeah. You, there are other jobs that are close enough to it. You know, um, and it's the same in medical. You know, if you were going to do doctors, you might do doctors, nurses, pre-medical. Yeah, so there yeah, are certain yeah. industries that allow you to probably recruit more job titles that I think you don't need to be as niche at mm. because your niche is the industry. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, but but again, it just depends on the size of the company. Yeah. You know, one thing I know for sure is that it's easier to be really good at something if you focus. On one thing. On one thing, yeah. And I think that's the same in life generally. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah If you yeah. want to get good at something, you don't do 10 things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You do one thing. Yeah, but we've become really good multitaskers, haven't we? And yeah. And sort of not, not being good, become good at one thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's very easy to... And also I think that, especially in recruitment, it depends on who your leader is, but but everybody thinks that jobs are valuable. Mm. Yeah, well, so I'll give you some interesting facts. The last three companies that I've worked for, we had a conversion rate of only 20%. Yeah. Which means if you get 2,000 jobs, you know, you're only placing... 400 yeah you know so but what do you do with other 1600 yeah they're not live 
You know, whereas if you got one candidate and you sold him to 50 places, do you think you got more chance of making a placement than if you focus on yeah, the job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than focusing on the person. Because actually the, per- the job doesn't get the job, the person gets the yes. job. You know, you That's need to match the two together. Right? So what should people do less of then? from your experience and because obviously you're starting out now you're an agency like I'm sure there's things that you know and throughout that time like and it will go into your management piece but yeah what should people do less of that's a very good one and I think that depending on who you're working for yeah yeah, yeah. and a lot of the stuff I'm going to be giving back to the industry is around mentoring but for me is breaking down your day yeah so you know exactly how long you're doing each thing nice and when if you don't do that, you have no real concept of what a good day looks like. Right? Yeah. So audit your day. You ha- you have to. And and when you know what advice. a day looks like, yeah. you can then audit your time. Yeah, yeah. And you can multiply that time over however many days you work. Yeah. Which yeah. means if you want to have time off, or if you want to leave early, or if you want to get some freedom at lunch, yeah. or if you want to get you know a pass to do something else, yeah. or if you want to go and entertain, then you can you can audit your time slots to say, well, actually, it doesn't matter if I have four hours off. Because I've already done yeah, what yeah. I needed to do in That's those other sixteen advice. hours, and and that isn't done a lot, yeah. you know, because people want you to be in early and leave late yeah. and not have a long lunch break yeah. and don't take breaks yeah. and and do what you're doing. Oh, I don't know. I think that's changing <laughs> from I, the meeting, from the bit from all the meetings that I'm going to. It's work, work life balance has become a lot more, and that's good. But I think the the flip side is true in that if you go down the work life balance route, people will will take the max. So it's okay to say, yeah, you can come in flexible hours. You can finish early on Friday, but then, but only if you, you yeah, do the, yeah, do yeah. what you need to do in the other hours. Because yeah, yeah. you know, unfortunately, just human nature tells you that you, <laughs> that that you will get away with what you can get yeah, away yeah, with, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, School, no. life, yeah, generally. Say, yeah, so, oh yeah, work life balance, brilliant. <laughs> I, I'm off at Thursday at six. I'm off. I'll see you Monday. You know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. No, I really like that. Audit, audit your day. Really solid advice. Yeah. I've, I've been meaning to do that just in terms of not just work, but generally in life, like audit my week I've heard that a lot now and it's it, obviously it all the thing is what I realised it was from um, you, do you know who David Goggins is? No I don't oh, I get on to him he's, um, he's on the Joe Rogan he was on um, he's just this mental guy I'm listening to his audio book at the moment but like I'm trying to think now what's 24 times 7? <laughs> a lot <laughs> It's like 160 something, isn't it? I might be completely, might get, be completely wrong. Get it on your phone. The reason why is because he said it and it really resonated. So when you're talking about audit your day, it's like... 168. You have, 160, you have 168 hours in a week. So when you think that, it's like, fuck, I have a lot of hours. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you actually take the time to go, right, okay, what am I actually... You break up your day and go, wow, okay, I'm spending a lot of time on Netflix. Or if we tell that just to recruitment, it's like, wow, okay, I'm actually spending a lot of time on my emails or I'm spending a lot of time doing this, which doesn't, which you know doesn't lead to the outcomes that you want. Yeah. So I think that's um, really good advice. So let's fa- fast forward a bit then. So at, but during that five-year, five-and-a-half-year period, did you become a billing manager? Yeah, just on that, that, on, you, did, that, that you just mentioned there, there's a really good video on LinkedIn yeah. with uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Oh, right. You okay. know who they are, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's literally a three-minute, two or three-minute um, interview yeah. Yeah. snippet, and they get Warren's diary out. Oh, wow. Right, And they're just going through it, and the, then the interview here, I can't remember who it is, but you know, it's like one entry today, two entries tomorrow, one entry next week. I think I remember. Yeah. I've, and I've, and, I've and the one thing that, that comes from the message is that everybody has the same amount of time. Yes. You know, so, so it's not, it's not that it's not fair to say it's diff- It's easy for you. It's not, and, and, yeah, it's, easy, yeah, and yeah. it's not for me. But I use that as a way to order everybody with the same message, which is we can't argue on the fact that we yeah. all have the same amount of time exactly. each day. How productive you are and what you do in that day, we can discuss. Yes, but every but you can't say to me you don't have time. Yes, because I have the same amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? And I have all this to do, and mm. I do that. So we we and and then I find that a really level that that's really 
that levels the playing field when yeah, you're training yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Because you will always get the chat mm. of, oh, I know this, and you know how to do it better than this, and I haven't got time for that, and I like to do this, which is all fine, but everybody needs has the same 24 hours, and, yeah. you, and, and you can train everyone the same way. It's just then you give it to them and say, right, that's what you need to do, and then it becomes a human, the human element takes over. Yeah, yeah As yeah. in, do you want to do it or not? Yeah. You say you want to do it, yeah. but... No, but that's why it's so valuable to do that audit then, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And, okay. 100%. So um, how long was it until you started managing people? Uh, so researcher for nine months, yeah. a year and a half, top biller. Uh, you went to principal consultant, team leader, yeah. then billing manager. I had a team of six. We were doing... 250 300 grand a quarter so you know wow, sort of nice. 1.2 million a year yeah uh, and then you know everybody knows the financial crash yeah, yeah i was there the day bear stones went down lehman brothers went down wow. in canary wharf at the time that was your market as well yeah with you know front office traders sitting in canary wharf you know sending their profiles to banks getting them interviews making placements and then it was gone mental it was just gone like it was just over that's crazy yeah um and then sort of still was a manager mm. but ended up being right the way back to almost day one Really, and that's within the hydrogen group. I changed markets to start to cover the Middle East. Yeah, um, and no, I changed that's markets how you ended up from getting into Dubai. Yeah, yeah. So, so what markets did you go into? Oil. Yeah, uh, well, it was engineering oh, at okay. the time, um, and they, the hydrogen group, saw the downturn in the financial markets and realised they were too highly leveraged towards that one space, uh, and that's when they built their pods of the future. And sure, Darwin sure. Park was one of them, um, and that was the business that did life sciences, medical, oil and gas, mm. engineering, all of the non-financial markets that they were that they were yeah, doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what's given them the diversity now of, of business across the world because one market's not big enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It gets you to a point, but it will never get you to yeah. the next Absolutely level. Spread. Um, so, yeah, so that meant that everybody just had to bunker down, right? And so yeah, many so. people lost their job and a lot of people didn't want to do the hours. And, you know, I mean, I got up, at, this will make you laugh. So I lived in Herne Bay. I commuted from Herne Bay. Herne Bay? Herne Bay, yeah. Jesus. So I, commu- I drove from Herne Bay to Ashford got the fast train from Ashford to King's Cross and got King's Cross Tube to to London Canner Street and I was at my desk for 6am. What? Every day for a year and a half, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to get... That is not work-life balance, people. No. But but the end goal was was the... was We're going to... They were were moving the office to the Middle East. Yeah, sure, sure. And we were a team of sort of 10 people. He was up for that. Yeah, and and, and again, a lot of people that I was in that team with either have gone on to become MDs or CEOs of their own businesses, etc., right? Um, But the dream was, okay tax-free yeah sunshine i'm a massive golfer so yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. like i can get down to scratch and it, yeah. you know, it's a great place to go and nice. um and then you know the, literally a month before they were supposed to go they said they're not going mm. and that was it i left um yeah. took you know i had a bit of time off and that's when i joined my the company that took me to the middle east yeah yeah okay so um what i'm interested in is is that billing managing part um because i think you have some really good insights <coughs> what <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't then, but I do now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I get, yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. so you always build then? Is that correct in saying that pretty much? Yeah, that, I mean, your whole I was, career. Yeah, I was always a top biller in there, and I've been a top biller wherever I've worked. But I guess my learnings from the billing manager part is, you know, you, you can't get people to follow you. Yeah, in as fact, in like you can't you can't expect them to do what you do. No, no, hundred percent right. Yeah. And then, and actually, if anything, it scares people. Mm. 100% because really? they don't want to come in at 6.37 and do yoga in the morning and then go they feel, they feel bad about it or they just that's just not their model yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually if you listen I listen to a lot of people online like Gary Vee and mm. Neil Patel and these guys and they always say if you want someone to do what you do pay them the same yeah that's true so if you're earning 100 grand a year and you want someone to come in at 6.30 then pay them 100 grand a year yeah yeah don't pay them 40 
and then have a go at them when they come in at 8.30. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so you learned that? Yeah, learned, oh yeah, learned that <laughs> the fast way with a good old-fashioned 360 review and everybody gets to say what they really think in yeah, an open yeah, forum yeah. and you're like, actually, you shouldn't be like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not... The greatest thing about reviews, especially 360 ones, is that you they're very humbling because you, you get both sides. You get to see the side that people really like about you. Yeah. David's amazing. We love his work ethic, his drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, we, but we, can't, we don't want to be David. Mm. And it wouldn't matter whether it's David or anybody else. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my teaching to managers of the future is it doesn't matter who you are. You, you can't make people you. Yeah. But the, the key bit is how do you get them to be the best version of, of themselves. themselves? Nice. I yeah. love that. And, and so focus more on that. Don't try and make them um, you 2.0. It's focus on making them the best person they can be. And, and you can't. Yeah. And then actually, if you study anything about teams, which I have done over the last eight years, the best teams are a collective of people, not a group of individuals, mm. right? Football, yeah. basketball, you know, how does LeBron go to the Clevelands and get them to the NBA finals mm. when they're a team that have never been anywhere near the NBA yeah, finals, yeah, yeah. but he makes them the team and he gives them the extra 20, 30%. Yeah, yeah. You know, Manchester City, Manchester United, yeah, yeah. you know, without Ferguson, Manchester United are not the same team, yeah, yeah. you know, and they won everything for ages. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the same in any team environment. And it yeah, took me, yeah. well, I was too young then and I didn't know any, didn't know any different. Yeah. But as you get older and, you know, you grow up and you have family like I have, ev- the humbling experience just becomes more relevant and then you have something to say and then you actually find it easier to resonate with people because you have something to say. Yeah. When you're just like, yeah, let's all do this, you know, like, <laughs> let's all go to town. Everyone's like, no, David, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. So, so what, so what in, a, in a nutshell then, because, I, I, again, I never, I never uh, was a billing manager, but from a speaker to Sean who used to be a billing manager and um, we actually did a talk to um, a room full of billing managers and it's, it's obviously ever, it's, it's, it's one of if not the hardest job in recruitment uh, to maintain your billings and, and, then, and then help a team and then help people grow etc so what, what's some it can be a few things but what, what's some real solid advice for, for people to, to, to get to the point where you are now where you have a lot more experience to lean on and, and know actually now that isn't the right thing to do because you, you, you did it and then you learned from it do you get what I mean is yeah, there any you don't really want to learn as you go yeah because <laughs> if it goes wrong you're, you're yeah finished. exactly is yeah. There any, yeah let's just wrap that up because I think that that can be really valuable for some people like some key learnings from yeah. your experience I think that and I guess this really comes into how recruitment businesses are changing so sure. so what I've learned over the last sort of eight years of working internationally and leading teams is that I think the recruitment, the most effective recruitment business of the future will have sales at the front end and delivery at the back. And it's how every other major corporation is set up around the world. You have people that are really good at front office, winning business, business, and then you have people who really like to account manage and deliver. Now, the challenge for the recruitment industry is that that no one likes, not a lot of companies want people to be in non-revenue generating roles Mm. because they think that you just look like you've got an easy life. So for example, if you could find someone that was a really good manager, why would he not manage people? Because the ability to manage people is a skill set in itself. In recruitment, it's just not recognized as much Mm. because everybody wants you to generate your money. Especially if you get, usually you get paid more to be a manager. So if you're on good money and you're not billing, it's hard for someone to justify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so that's the first that's inherent challenge in the industry generally. Yeah, um, I've heard, I've heard that a lot though. Now, obviously, met a ton of recruitment businesses that that model ha- has enabled businesses to grow a, a lot quicker and a lot more uh, profitably. But obviously, it, I'm sure that there's the other way. Obviously, in terms of like just the traditional way, obviously, I'm sure that still works and it does work. But it's interesting you say that. I, I feel like more more businesses are adopting that. Yeah, and I think that. 
it's not always the best the person that's built the most that's the best leader oh yeah for sure and and in fact you know i've learned that the hard way a number of times yeah and and actually it was really only sort of age and experience that allowed me to adapt into a position of leadership and management Mm. not really by being taught it (laughs) you know because you have and also you're really at the mercy of the people that you have Mm. and you know if you and if if you follow people online like i do a lot who give business advice you know that all of the advice i see is hire really really quickly people you like Mm. but if they're not performing fire them yeah fire them because you cannot inherently make somebody that different from what they are yeah. but if you've got 10 people and three of them are doing really really good and seven of them are not you should put 150 percent into the yeah. three and not as much into the seven so don't keep all so don't keep people as long like yeah, yeah. this is not straight away no, right? no i'm no, not no, saying no. Oh, i don't like you for but a like, week well, no, but when, when you know when you get that feeling like sometimes obviously yeah people let that go on for too long don't they when yeah. they feel like shit i should have but also i think that the 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 problem with not the problem the challenge in the recruitment industry is not a lot of small businesses or businesses generally have a review process mm. so you know what happens is three six months goes by and then you're like oh you're not doing very well are you on a month performance review? Okay, you're gone. Rather <laughs> yeah. than actually, this is what I need you to do yeah, every yeah. month for six months. Yeah. And if you do 70 or 80% of it every month, you're good. Yeah. And you will. And then when you know what that comes out of that result, you can then decide on how you manage that person or that result. Yeah. Because it may be that someone does exactly the same as the person next to them, but they just don't close as much. Yeah. And you can train them and train them and train them, but they just close one in five instead of three in five. Yeah. But but you don't get you may not get rid of them if they're still doing deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're not doing anything, then okay, fair enough, right? You know, you yeah, know yeah. that'd be like hiring a Premiership striker and then they don't score any goals yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah. keep them for three years. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> you know, sure. You, you still need people to do what you employ them to do. Yeah. But but as a general rule for me, it should be everybody has a fair review. Everybody has the same ability to succeed, and then people the people who put in the most effort usually do the best. So mm. for me, the billing management bit is. Don't expect people to do what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask them what they really love to do nice. and double down on the bit that they love to love do, to do yeah. because it's much easier to get someone to do more of what they love yeah. than, than more of what they hate. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. so it could be that someone loves to do delivery. So instead of asking them to speak to 50 people a week, you say, right, I need you to speak to 75. Yeah. And those extra 25, you take and you give them, you seven, sell them somewhere else. Yeah, nice. They're never going to do that, but they'll do the extra 25 for you because they love doing that. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. they love Smart. sending out emails or they love doing the formatting or they love Smart. the database, whatever. You can't say, them oh we're having a bd hour let's all jump on board yeah because they're like i don't, don't want to jump <laughs> yeah, on board yeah. i absolutely hate it <laughs> and actually if you make me do it i'm probably gonna quit <laughs> so and no, again but it, and then and when you're with a company that makes you do stuff you know like you know when you're a manager you usually have a boss yeah, yeah so you are at music, the mercy yeah. of your boss if they let you have the the freedom to do that Great. you'll have an amazing team if they make you pass it down the chain Tough. you know because the the, well, the old saying is rolls downhill yeah, yeah then then unfortunately you have to pass it downhill yeah, yeah, yeah. then you then there's nothing you can do yeah yeah so, okay so where, when was you at when would you say you was at your peak in terms of like billing the most was it before the financial crash um was it well i think then? as an individual biller yeah definitely in the financial markets in london yeah that know? was when you was like flying yeah yeah like over half a million dollars half a year. million okay yeah. cool Let, let's let's easy. let's talk about <laughs> easy yeah that. easy yeah talk about that. let's let's <laughs> talk about that because um this, yeah, I've become really interested in this. So at your peak when you were billing the most, what did your day look like? So you already said you're getting early. Yeah. So I would always do 
typically I'll be at work by seven. Yeah. So seven till eight, eight thirty. I would always do what I would call sort of trying to reach use admin, LinkedIn, respond to a few emails, etc. Okay. So what admin and people that you know that you need need to call? Yeah. Or just follow ups that I've got to plan ups, yeah. or things that need to happen that day. Yeah. You know, I always find that I never needed to plan the night before because I came in so early. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never really needed to bookend my okay, day because enough. I'd come in so early yeah, sure. and have breakfast and do it then. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I've always been quite lucky that whenever people ask me to bottle up my day, I just always am able to just say, well, I just call more people than anyone else, mm. you know, and don't have a long lunch, you know, I'm, and I won't stop calling until I've made the amount of calls that I want. And, yeah. and in, my old-fashioned brain, yeah. and it's still it's still the same today. If you can speak to ten people every day, whether it's a candidate or a client, every single day, you'll bill three, four, five hundred grand. Yeah, easy. Because what do you mean? What do you mean by speak to ten people a day? Like just, have decent conversations? Yeah, yeah, decent fifteen, twenty-minute conversations with a candidate or a client every day. Yeah. That's it. Ten calls. That's that is the benchmark for a good CV to placement ratio, a good first interview to placement nice, ratio, because. It's all it's human element. Yeah. Now, you know, you'll meet people in today's world that will say, well, I don't talk to a lot of people. I like to produce content. Mm. So I'll say to them, cool, produce 10 bits of content every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever yeah. you need to do to dominate ten. your space. It could be 10, could be five, but, it, but, you, but it's consistency of doing it every day. And then knowing that when you get your ratios, you know how to, how you achieve them. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. very lucky that in the beginning I was taught, you know, if you make this amount of calls and then I send this amount of CVs out, I'll make this amount of placements. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I made 12 placements in my first nine months. Well, I didn't, but my boss did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I also knew how many CVs I sent out yeah. and how many first interviews I had. So very early on in my career, I knew that my first interview to placement ratio was four to one. So I think just to, just a point on that is if, you, if, you don't, if you're listening, you don't know that. Your no, ratios are, if you don't know your ratios in recruitment, you can never get better. Yeah, yeah. Because it's impossible to generate more revenue if you don't know yeah. how you got the first amount I don't of think revenue. I did enough of that. I no, think but that's I don't. Good advice. But again, if you're not taught it, yeah. how would you ever know? I know, yeah, exactly. But and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That, that's And a in good recruitment, advice. you can go to work and have a really good day and no one and not know what it was. Yeah, that's so true. And, and then you get to the end of the week and everyone's having a huddle and like, what did you do this week? And you're like, I? I spoke to a few people <laughs> or what everybody does did you do a deal no yeah. okay and you do that and then you say no for eight weeks and then you either get fired or you're on some yeah, kind of yeah, review yeah. but there's not enough conversation no. around the, the the building I like that yeah so from half eight what yeah. are you doing so I would be I would typically look to be on calls between nine and twelve have two hours where candidates I, or clients or both both yeah okay, just okay. turn your emails off yeah, always yeah. have remove every distraction really? from your life yeah, yeah. yeah nice um, and then t- 12 and 2 have a catch up look online LinkedIn message to more people respond to some emails yeah, yeah, yeah. do some formatting or whatever you need to do in terms of CVs and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Um, build lists and then again 2 to 5 on the phone and then from 5 o'clock onwards you would normally following up chasing yeah or I'd be out meeting people so that's either a meeting at a huddle or a Slack group or a, or an event somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you're taking a candidate out for dinner, or you're taking a client out for a coffee. Yeah, nice. You I know, like that. That's, you a, know, that's a good little one day. or two times a week, and that was that was it. Yeah. And I don't think it's it's not that it's not the same anymore, but I think you can still plug in today's online rich world into the same metrics. Yeah. It's just what you do will be different, do, but yeah. but the vision will still be the same in terms of your inputs will lead to an output. You can't control your outputs. You can't control if you get an interview or you do a deal or you get a meeting. You can only control if I do this, this should happen. Yeah, nice. Like I know if I don't call anyone, I will never ever make a placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's really true. And that, I think that, that, that's what 
people need to focus on, isn't it? Not not ah, oh, they didn't see my candidate, or that is, do you know what I mean? Don't you don't need to spend any mind space or time thinking about that. You need to think about hang on a minute. If I do send more CVs or get more interviews booked in, then hopefully that that should mean this. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So, okay, cool. So, um, how long did you work in Dubai for? Uh, in the end, eight years. Eight years, nearly a decade. Wow. Okay. So, what what's it what's um what's it like recruitment wise internationally? Because I know, obviously, that that's an amazing another thing amazing thing about recruitment. Why, right? It can take you around the world, can't it? Yeah. So, what what is it? What was the was the culture differently in terms of work culture? Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's ironic that even when I was here for five years, nearly all of the work I did was international. Oh, fair enough. So a lot of the so for me, it was natural to just be placed in a different location. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So I was placing people in America, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in the Middle East, and Australia. Oh, before right, I okay. even went. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that made the that made the location part of the job easy for me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I always used to joke that I could do this job from the back of a boat. You yeah, know? yeah. Because yeah. you laptop on a phone and yeah, you're, you're good, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's before I got married and had kids and stuff. So <laughs> that dream's still on my wall, right? So, but um, but yeah. So Middle East, you know, again, it just I just adopted the same mentality as I had that I used to make money before. Yeah. And luckily for me, the Middle East has a has a bit of a slower work rate. Mm. Um, so and it's an not a very big market, yeah. you know, because you say Dubai, which is obviously a city in the UAE, but, you know, the, the UAE has only got 10 million people and mm. Dubai's only got a city of 2 million people. Yeah, yeah. But in the Middle East and Northern Africa, there's 450 million people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some other big markets around. And I've been to all of the countries in the Middle East and Northern Africa. Yeah. There's a lot of other big markets that you can go to. And I spent a lot of time in Saudi and Qatar and Bahrain and stuff like that. Nice. So, but for me, it was just, okay, cool. Well, there can't be many recruiters here because yeah. this is 2010. So, you know, you, you, if you didn't see it on the news, then there's not really many, and, and you really only saw the property boom. Yeah, yeah, But that means there can't be a lot of recruiters. I'm talking maybe 500 or 1,000. Yeah, yeah. It can't be more than a couple of thousand. Mm. And I've just come from competing against 27,000. Yeah, nice. Now I'm thinking there's no competition. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, and I went into a completely new sector, went into telecoms, which I'd never been in before. Wow. And I just, you know, followed the same method, which is connect to lots of people. When they connect, I call them. And when I call them, I speak to them. And I do repeat that, yeah. you know, 10 times a day, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do any deals for six months. Yeah. And then I build 450K in six months. Wow. You know, sterling. Love that. Yeah, be- because it was just every fee was 20, 25, 30K. And we yeah. were working with big operators in Qatar and Saudi and the UAE and Oman and Bahrain. And, you know, once you get terms agreed and then you make placements, you know, you make 10, 20, 30 placements. And it was just, you know, off to the races. Yeah, we went. yeah, yeah. But it takes that time to... That, can, that to, building piece, yeah. you said, isn't it? And that so has been the, that's been my sort of... My barometer for success has always been... It probably takes about six months. Mm. But as long as you're consistent in that time, that's about, a, about as much time as it takes to become a... Not a thought leader, but well-known. Yeah. You know, you've got to talk to everybody more than four or five times in a period of time for them to know you. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, I'll buy from you. Yeah, nice. No, good advice, mate, I think. Yeah. So those, those people right now who are still in that six month, it's like, just keep going, isn't it? Like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. As long as oh, you're yeah. doing the right activities. Yep. And as you said, you're trying to speak to 10 people a day. Keep doing that. And... Um, you might be able to get 400 yeah. k sterling. Well, what, what, <laughs> whatever, whatever the day is, I think the biggest thing for me is le- has been learning how to manage upwards. Nice. So I'm very good at extra- extrapolating information from the person I either work for or report to, whether that was a manager or then the board, yeah. to know what I need to do to be safe. Because then you don't have and there's no gray area. Now, at the beginning, it's usually activity, and then in the end, it's revenue. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't do the activity... And you get and you get the revenue, you're great. Yeah. But if you don't do the activity and you don't get the revenue, you're out. Yeah. You know. So I've never been out, but but you but you need to know that from the people that you're working for. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. with grey area leads to, oh well, what about this? 
And what about that? And maybe we'll do this. And maybe maybe it's not going as well. Yeah, you yeah. can't have gray area. Love that. You need to know what your boss wants you to do. And then you do that. Nice. Yeah. Right. Slight shift. Love it so far, mate. You yeah. got, there's a lot of knowledge in that head of yours, isn't there? It's an old head. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got some gray, it's got some gray hair. Um, what I was going to say. So um, you meant mentoring. That's something that I'm passionate about and I experienced myself. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a bit about that. And then let's talk a bit about, um, obviously, I know you're setting up a podcast and your view on, yeah, you consume Gary Vee's content, etc. But the mentoring piece, what, what's, that, what's your perspective on that? Because... I don't think, like, when I was in recruitment, I don't think many people were talking about it at no. all. Yeah, so... And I found that a lot of businesses I work for have either don't have a training manager, don't buy external training, yeah. and you're at the mercy of the good old-fashioned, he's your team leader. That's what I mean, yeah. People yeah. running, yeah. Do what he does. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, well, what if I don't like him? Exactly. Tough. Well, that isn't, you know, again, it comes you're back limited to... limited to what's in the four walls. Yeah, and then it comes back to you're at the mercy of the work-life balance you get from that one person yeah. and whether they like you and you like them yeah, rather yeah. than I really want to work in recruitment so what can you teach me mm. you know um, and I don't know whether the industry's evolved from this more away from the sort of one or two week on the desk training and then perform you know bill 10k a month or yeah, yeah. I need you to bill 100 grand a year because that's my ROI yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me the mentoring is just purely you know 14 years I've been doing the job and you've got I, a lot to share haven't you yeah, yeah and I think that I want to give back to an industry that has given me a lot, lot yeah. yeah a lot yeah and good and bad yeah you know, like a, lot, a lot of good and a, actually a lot of bad yeah you know but but without the bad you don't know you don't appreciate the good mm. you know 100 yeah definitely. i always say that it's like it's so simple but it's so true you know and everyone's like oh i'm like it's such a shit day blah, blah blah but if you didn't have those days you wouldn't know what a good day was would you and actually i don't think people quantify the good days enough yeah so it's very easy to just to focus on those shit days. Yeah, because people like to drill down on the rubbish. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and unfortunately, that's what you see every day. It's yeah, hard yeah. not to when you turn on your phone and everything you read is rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for someone to invent a good news channel. Oh man, <laughs> I, I, I don't read the news. No, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we could digress on that forever, but <laughs> but I, I've actually joked about setting up a good news oh, YouTube, mate, YouTube channel. Oh man, tell me about just, it. You know, just because there's so much good going on in the world. Why don't we hear about it? No, exactly, because there's, <laughs> there's, there's bad bad sales papers, right? Um, and 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 a lot of the the tips and stuff I'm going to share from a mentoring perspective is really about about that. Like, if you want to be the best and you want to get good, you know, of course I'm not just going to unload it all on the in- yeah, internet yeah. like Snowden, you know, something like that. But mm. but you can give away the information you need. But but inherently, it's up to people to do what to they action it. yeah and see whether they can break it down to yeah. use it to be. So, effective. so you're doing this like through the podcast, and is that the the, the goal with it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go. Is it, uh, do you mentor anyone at the moment? Uh, no, not at the moment. No, this is. Is that something you want to do? I'd love to, yeah. Really? And, and and I'm following kind of a little bit of the advice that I've got from and from following Hoxo Media and Gary V, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So through video, audio, and written. Yeah. So video is going to be, you know, probably bite size chunk two yeah. minute videos yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Where I'm just going to do my top tips. Yeah. And then the audio is going to be the same information just on the podcast because yeah, yeah. some people might not want to watch a video yeah, they exactly, want to listen 100%, to it. Yeah. but again it will only be one two three minutes literally just top tips yeah and then well, the, those, the audio from those videos those video you can use for the podcast exactly exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then the written will be just almost the same content yeah but with a little bit more because you know on linkedin you can write i think 600 characters yeah, on yeah. your feed yeah yeah and i'm not sure i want to put it into big blogs because i've seen a 
a shift in LinkedIn's algorithms away from the blog content. Yeah, like the articles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, people want to see the stuff. Me, yeah, yeah the, people the want to see what's is, in your feed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then the future, whatever that you know, if that whatever that leads to. I mean, I'm not. I don't have an agenda with it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's literally. You just like, want to share. Like, you feel like you've got so much to share. Yes, yeah. yeah and, and I love that. And I and if you're going to build a, a reputation around a brand or what you love, then I, you know, I love the industry. Yeah, I love and that. I think there's a lot of really good things about it that you either don't hear about or you don't know enough about and then you know it's really hard even if you google recruitment training there's there's not it's really hard to know who to pick yeah, yeah. you know and there isn't really that sort of mentoring life coach mark you know you would see the business coach or career coach yeah. or big recruitment training company yeah. and 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 you just i i think there's got to be something in the middle yeah i don't know and but i'm not doing it for that reason i'm doing it just because i really want to Give away, you know, give yeah, back no, to the like industry. It, so, what, so look, you're you're a busy guy. You start your own business. I'm sure there might be some people listening. Oh, I'd love the opportunity to, to learn something from David. Um, look, what, what would your advice be to people who are? I'm sure I don't know if you've had it before, but who um, want to reach out to people for to get mentored, right? Would okay. Any advice? I don't. Know, have you ever had that where someone's tried to reach out or anything like that? Or um, not yet, but I've I have had some mentoring when I was at the Hydrogen Group. Yeah. And then a fractured friend of mine who's in South Africa has got his own mentoring business nice. through the. He's in the financial advisory market. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, and but he's got, I guess you could call it a side business where he mentors. 20 or 25 people nice. over the course of a year who want to be the best IFAs that they can be. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so I guess it's just a bit of advice out because like, it's easy to say, yeah, I want to be mentored, but and then you've got you've got to show, there's got to be something in it for you as yes. well as it is for me, isn't there? So. Yeah, and I think that, you know, at the beginning and, and, and now I guess it's anybody that wants to, to message me and I don't really have an agenda at the moment yeah, because yeah. I have time, right? The, yeah. And the whole point of being an owner business is that you get the not the work-life balance, but the balance between the, the, the business functions you want to do. Yeah. So, I want to run a recruitment business and I have a market for that. But I also want to focus on providing benefit to the recruitment industry, yeah, which yeah. I have time to do. Yeah. Both of them are valuable to me and important to me. So yeah, yeah. I get to do them now through either video, audio and written, which means people can consume it any way they like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And whatever comes of it, comes no, I like, of it. I like that, mate. What, um, what do you think your friends are going to say when they start seeing you uh, pumping out content? Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting one I don't know whether friends is the right word cause, or professional connections yeah, yeah I think cause, what do you think they're going to say I actually, the, the feedback's been alright actually Good. so far you know I, I don't really track the whole likes and comments mm. comments yes but likes I'm not yeah. so worried about um, but have you had anyone message you saying oh, what's going on there no nah, I think most people would be like it's about time really yeah nice, and good. you know we could talk for hours about what I used to do in the music business but you know spending 10 years DJing in front of thousands of people mm. meant I don't really have a problem with yeah, yeah, the yeah. camera right yeah, that's yeah. never been an it's issue no, I'd say it's more the reason why what prevents a lot of people is thinking about other people's opinions Fear, so yeah. I, yeah I was just curious as to yeah. how yeah obviously it hasn't phased you because you've dealt with that in your life but yeah, yeah. it stops a lot of people yeah and, and it comes back to that whole no matter how much information you give to someone you have no real control of whether they use it exactly you know so mine is you know it is what it is right and i i'm an old school recruiter who's moved into who's moving always trying to move into the new world and the new world requires something different because back when i started you called 100 people and you were different because Mm. no one did it that way no one did head hunting no one did blagging no one did name gathering no one went to meet people yeah so now you have to do something what's your usp you need a you need a usp that if you follow the people that i follow has to have either video audio or written yeah 
And just content, you have to yeah, create content. And, and as well as being able to do the really good old-fashioned part of the job, which I love, which is I still want to talk to 10 people a yeah, day. Yeah. I still want to... It's just about blending it both. As yeah. we were saying before, like, I couldn't agree more. Like, this whole personal branding, putting out content, it, like, for me personally, I, that, I don't see that as replacing the te- trying to speak to 10 people a day and all no, that. No, no. Like, if you blend, if you blend the both, that, that is... That is the mix that you want. That is the yeah. powerful blend of two, and and it will have a serious impact. And if anything, it will just help you get to where you want to quicker. I think. But also, it comes back to what we said earlier about when you're managing people who want to do one thing. Yeah, it'd be very easy for me to say to someone who's currently producing one bit of content a day. Yeah. Well, how would you feel about producing five? Yeah. They would like jump up and down. Yeah. They'd yeah, be so yeah. excited instead of me saying, "Right, well, you can you can do one, but I need you to make load more phone calls." Yeah. yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, deflated." Yeah. You know, and but as long as you give them enough time. And you kind of have to give them, not the rope to hang themselves, but you kind of have to say, right, well, we don't know if it's going to work, but you love it, so I need you to do more of it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then if you do more of it, maybe you can do it for the team, so you can add yeah, so yeah. much more. V- and this is, just doesn't happen in recruitment. Yeah, no, you're Because right. everyone has a target on their head, and no one, can, no one allows one person for it. Not a free ride, but why should one person get to yeah, do it yeah, from yeah, everyone? Yeah. No, definitely. So, but I think it's much easier to drill down and double down on things that people love to do. No, I think that's really good advice. So um, before we... Um, Start finishing up here, mate. I always like. I'm always curious about this. What, what's been? Um, have, has there been a time where you nearly quit recruitment? Mm. You seem pretty resilient. Very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any um, time that you, like, when's been a real tough time where you had to really? I think that not not so much that I've ever really found the job hard. Okay. But but I didn't find the job hard because. I just worked so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if I look back to everything I've done before, whether it was events or music, it was always the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my parents always said, you know, you, you know, you make up for all of your four brothers in work ethic. Yeah, you know, I love that. Yeah. You got enough of, for everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the '08 crash and then the '14 oil price crash. Oh shit! Yeah. You know, they were they were huge events. Yeah. You know, so '08. You know, we went from being a team of 18, 19, 20 people down to almost nothing Um, and then having to change markets and start again in a three six month period where you literally have to start billing again and you and you haven't and you don't know anything about where you're billing about any country you've ever built in before how do you deal with that um for me very luckily just repeating the same as i did when i was right okay this is terrible however i know this is this is what this is the equation i need to do in order to get back to that position you just have to go back to being a resourcer yeah and unfortunately, and a lot of I see a lot of people not wanting to change because mm. they get to a point where they think, "Well, I'm manager now, I'm I'm director now. I don't want." But you was willing to change. You have to, yeah, yeah. yeah and and yeah. and even now, I'm now MD, but I'm resource, I'm resourcing. I'm resourcing, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I know by resourcing, I make money. Yeah. You don't you don't just go and see a client, pick up jobs, and then have a magic yeah, delivery yeah. system, yeah, right? Yeah. What about the all time then? Was that really? Yeah, difficult? I mean that was amazing. So we started in the beginning of with four, beginning of 2014 with um, my business partner Grant Gibson and will atkinson and we took the business from two people doing four grand a month turnover to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month gp yeah. in 18 months and 10 people wow and the oil price was 145 dollars. then three months later it was 20 dollars. <laughs> and we went down to <laughs> no nobody literally really? nobody yeah yeah yeah, yeah. grant you know, stayed on i moved on and that was it the business didn't close but it it didn't have the same amount yeah, of people of in it. Wow. so so it was just you know and that that's why i said earlier about there are some industries that have the ability to to spike mm. and i was lucky i was in two so i was in the financial services market and it spiked yeah crashed and the oil oil market spiked and yeah. crashed 
but you know luckily you you've got to just as long as you did well in the spike yeah, yeah. then you know uh, the right. challenge is how long does the the down t- period that's last? what i was gonna say yeah you know and i had to do, get, do you uh, do you feel like you have a good barometer as to like what spike and what and or i don't know i think now i would i would not get as excited about a bull market than I would have done then because back then I was like I'm going to be retired in three years yeah, yeah, yeah. of course you know this was you know, yeah, I was on yeah. a plane because yeah, obviously look, all the people you follow will say we're due a crash right so yeah and, and at the moment it's ironic that the markets are not if you look around the global markets from America to China you know they're, they're not as bullish as they once they once were and people are still talking about a potential crash so I'm worried now that we've never had the, the spike never had we, the spike and yeah. then, and, but we could still crash yeah 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 but I think the ironic thing is, and this comes back to being niche, you know, if it depends who you work for. I'm now an owner business, yeah, so yeah. I need to place, what, 10 people a year, 12 people a yeah, year? to maintain the yeah, lifestyle that you yeah, want. Yeah, to then decide whether I want to grow a business. Like, you guys have grown a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may not. That that might, I, I, don't, I don't know yet, but the first barometer is clients and placements. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. second one is, do I then reinvest? Do I reinvest into audio or video or visuals yeah, yeah, yeah. to support my business? So. But you know the biggest learning is as long as you know how you were how you were successful, how you got successful, then when you when you fail, that's all you have. That's, that's what you fall back on. Yeah, but that's the most important bit. Yeah, if you I don't know that. what made you successful, <laughs> when you fail, how are you ever yeah, going to know yeah. how to start so again? True. So true. Because you would have developed so many bad habits yeah, that you. Yeah. It's like a driving test, right? You passed your driving test when you're 17, and then I bet if you did it again when you're 30, you'd fail. Yeah, of course you would. But you don't not know how to drive. <laughs> but, but you have to, re, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, but if the, but if you went to redo your test, you'd have to go and relearn everything because you just wouldn't know where yeah. to start. So, um, what about a real hard time then, David? What 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 has been some real key moments where um, you've been like, I absolutely love love this game. I think that the the last there were, I worked in the Middle East for eight years, so we took three businesses to a really really strong performance in a short period of time, nice. and that's really where I love to be. Yeah. You know, total startup, you know, to within two years, growing it to a, you know, a really good NFI business. Yeah. And I learned this from Chris Cole, right? So he used to be the MD for Darwin Park within oh, Hydrogen. Okay, nice. So his vision was, I'm going to make a two million pound NFI business within two years yeah. of 20 staff. Wow. That's what they did, right? And I was part of that journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always just taken that. So when I went to Penta Consulting, that's what, that's what the objective was. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went to Tech Group, that's what the objective yeah, was. And nice. so then when I went to you know, Mackenzie Jones, that's that, yeah, yeah. that's what I've always had in my head. Yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be in people, but definitely in turnover. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's always about how do we maximize revenue in the shortest period of time to make the biggest return on investment. Yeah, yeah. And I did that three times. I took so three just businesses. that journey you've loved. Yeah, and then everything that comes with that, the yeah. velocity and the speed and the intensity. And then, you know, I don't know whether I'd want to just go into a room and manage 20 people yeah. where they've already got something and you just yeah, need to make 5% yeah, yeah. for them. Because yeah. it's kind of like, it's not as exciting. Yeah, yeah. You know? And now I have the ability to do it for myself, so it's exciting for me. Is that right? your plan now? Um, I, two million in two years. Well, if I did that, I would probably retire and play golf. Yeah? Yeah. Because I, I don't need to reinvest it back into people when I can invest it in myself. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and other people really want us i've been now in it in 14 years making my mistakes on other people's time yeah exactly now i just want to have a good life and do yeah, it. it just comes down to what you want doesn't yeah it? That's all it, uh, but again that, that. that all changes when you start to when you know mr benjamin starts to come and you get loads of dollars in and everything <laughs> everything sort of changes right yeah. it's much easier to be bullish when you've got more zeros in the yeah, bank yeah. right cool so yeah. um look before we finish mate what um what are you excited about then what's uh, what's what, what's the 12 month goal anyway like what, what's your vision so you're going to start obviously creating a lot more content which i guess is exciting yeah because that is i guess 
is it fair to say also that isn't something that you did when you no 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 yeah so that's exciting so you got your podcast coming out yep um as you said you should have four four episodes out by the time this goes out the the biggest the biggest challenge for me is when you work for someone they they you're not really allowed to develop the personality that you need to yeah because you're on someone else's time yeah yeah, yeah. so and if there's an md or a ceo where they're the face yeah they don't need another face yeah they just need you to do your stuff and make their money yeah right so for me my biggest challenge now as as i am at my age is to combine new 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 ways of doing recruitment with the old ways of still knowing how, how to, you know how to do yeah it. how to do it and and for me that just means learning a lot of new stuff yeah so putting yourself on camera learning how to do a podcast yeah. you know writing really good blogs around the content that you're delivering to support it yeah. and then just being regular knowing that if you don't do it you can never honestly say that it worked or didn't work yeah exactly you know if you miss a week a month or two weeks you know in six months you that could have been the week that was not the 100 that turned for you because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're better off doing one thing a day for six months than a hundred things a day for a month yeah. and then nothing for five yeah, months yeah, yeah, yeah. because the world life is short people you'll yeah. get missed yeah 100%. you know but, but you won't get missed if you're there all the time love it mate so um look last question i always ask it <laughs> advice if they'd listen to david I think you've got a lot to say, mate. I've actually loved this episode. So, yeah, if, if uh, you could communicate to every recruiter, they'd listen, they'd, they'd implement your advice, what would you say? It can be a sentence, a phrase, one word. What would you say to these people if uh, they were listening and they'd take on your advice tomorrow morning? I think if you're going to work in recruitment, you have to give it time. Yeah. You know, the old be patient. Pres- Rome wasn't built in a day, as yes, they say, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, if you're young and you're looking for a quick fix, recruitment is not, not for the you. job for you. Yeah. Um, and consistency is key. Yeah. But you have to decide on what you want to be consistent with. Yes. Probably from whatever your boss asks of you. Yeah. But also from within yourself. Yeah. And I think you what know you we, like doing more of than well, we we talked said. earlier about the 168 hours, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you follow anybody online, doesn't matter whether you're Bill Gates or Gary Vee or yeah, yeah. your guy, yeah. Everybody will talk about the same thing. Exactly. Everyone has the same amount of time. Yeah. yeah. So what you do with it is very valuable. Hmm. So as long as you can be honest and say, I'm going to consistently do X then you'll do well yeah. and then you need to know how long you're prepared prepared to do it for yeah, yeah. knowing that you'll never get a quick win yeah, because yeah. nothing that you've ever learned in your life you, you learn quickly it doesn't feel as good when it's a quick win no well you, you think it about everything happen. you do from exactly. school right you start at three and you finish at 21 but yeah. you know that's 18 years of learning so exactly. you can't to go into recruitment and be like oh, I've done <laughs> I've done six days yeah. I want to be a top biller no, or I've done that. three months I love yeah. that be patient have yes. some self-awareness as to what, what you want to do more of Consistent, be consistent. consistency is key it doesn't matter how small it is as long as you repeat it yeah, because that, if, as long as you do in the end consistency always wins you yeah. know the tortoise and the hare right yeah yeah, yeah. love it mate always the way been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for coming in. Really Appreciate enjoyed it. that. Cheers.